1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 60s Reboot Podcast, the only podcast that reviews and reboots a classic 1960s TV series for today's audience. This show is brought to you by the Electronic Media Collective and Down Studio. I'm your host, Matt D. And today, we have a very special episode. This is our first ever 1960s commercial break, where we'll be taking a look at two classic uh, 1960s commercials and products from the 60s that are still available today that were originally advertised back in the 1960s And to look over those products with me today is From Moose's Monster Mash Podcast And the Grawlix Knights
2: Podcast as a regular guy uh, Moose How's it going? Hey Moose, thanks for joining me <laughs> How's it going? It's fun to be here Well,
1: thank you for joining me um, It's going pretty good, aside from a few uh, hiccups so. right, Technology is fun Yes it is So I tell you what, let's go ahead and, uh, well, we'll go ahead and dive right in to uh, our commercial break. So first up is a product that uh, came out in the 1960s, and it was by uh, the National Brewing Company. It was Colt 45.
2: In the dull and commonplace occurrences of day-to-day living. One thing stands out as a completely unique experience. Colt 45 Malt Liquor.
1: Throughout most of the 60s and 70s, Colt 45 was marketed towards the suburban white-collar middle-class demographic. To this end, a memorable ad campaign that lasted over 15 years, starring Billy Van, portrayed as a gentleman in a suit and tie, quietly sitting at a small table and taking little notice of all the activity going around until a waiter showed up with a schooner glass and a can of Colt 45. Music resembling the song of the Nairobi trio played in the background while the voiceover announcer intoned, in the dull and commonplace occurrence of day-to-day living, one thing stands out as a completely unique experience. Colt 45, Malt Liquor. In subsequent commercials, the surroundings became more and more outlandish and amplified the chaos, including a busy beach, an airport runway, a bullring during a bullfight, and the bottom of a ski jump. The latter featured a cameo by Red Fox. The one constant in each commercial was Van, who remained largely unperturbed while sitting at the table, though in some instances he became indirectly involved in the tumult around him. Dan won a 1975 Clio Award for one of these commercials. Beginning in 1980, Colt 45 began a long association with actor Billy D. Williams, who appeared in the print and billboard ads as well as on television. Product slogan during that era, as stated by Williams in the television commercials was, it works every time. The National Brewing Company introduced Colt 45 in 1963. The label was designed with a kicking horse and horseshoe, a reference to the extra kick compared to competing brands. Listed on the Paps website as a fun fact, Colt 45 was named after the running back number 45 Jerry Hill of the 1963 Baltimore Colts, and not the 45 caliber handgun ammunition. The credit name change came because of Malt Liquor's association with violence in the disenfranchised
2: neighborhoods. Yeah, they're lying. They're just trying to save face. <laughs> All right. So, the waiting man. Well, Moose, what, what do you think of the commercial, The Waiting Man? For the time, it was the nice, classy, you know, malt liquors for, you know, the the upper echelon kind of guy. It, it was the uh, high tier of beer, if you would. Um, the champagne of beers, I guess, would be. Uh, the, the demographic that they were going for with the waiting man. And yeah, it was a fun ad campaign. Yes, I totally
1: agree. I mean, going back and looking at the the commercials, it was kind of neat to see some of the outlandishness that, w- that the man was sitting waiting for his beer in. I mean, uh, case in point, I mean, uh, there was an ad where, you know, an airplane takes off as he's sitting on the runway. And then a man jumps out of the airplane with a parachute and manages to keep the open can of beer up and open as he's doing backflips and spins and then lands and serves him the beer that was a that was a kind of an interesting commercial
2: you know and then post 80s early 90s we move into uh price drop on cold 45 you see a boom in uh like in living color and it's now an urban drink it, it went from and th- there's nothing wrong with this i mean you I started drinking at seventeen and I enjoyed the fact that it was cheap. Uh it you know, you got the uh Colt forty five malt liquor. <laughs> you know, and yeah. you owned it. That was the you know what it progressed to. And to this day you mention Colt forty five to somebody, that's where they'll snap back to is in Living Color, Colt forty five malt liquor. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny that,
1: you know, the demographic had changed for the product in the, in the 80s, and so people had totally forgotten about the, uh, the original um, creation of the product, how it was, you know,
2: where it was originally marketed to. So we went from um, upscale white guys to everybody. Yeah. Um,
1: now, if they were going to change the target demographic,
2: could you see the classic commercials selling the product today? Um, it in can't the sell. It, it can't sell this one. It does a really good job for doseckis Yes, <laughs> I guess it does. And I, I've given this some thought, and I think a new ad campaign and a new direction would, you know, relight the fires of Cult Forty Five and push it back out in the forefront of, I guess the malt liquor universe. And to do that, they need to actually own up to the ammunition, uh, moniker. Just to and just embrace the
1: embrace that, uh, that 45. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So if you were going to do that, who would you, cause you're probably going to want to change the, the demographic slightly. Who would you pick to be the, uh, the spokesman for, Colt forty five to replace the Billy D Williams role in the Red Fox and the Billy Zan, Billy Vance.
2: I would do a Colt forty five can. Set it uh, in like a Western shootout style because we live in an age now where you go directly uh, against your competitors. Uh-huh. So have the you know have Colt forty five walk into a saloon shootout with Budweiser and I think Mickey's is a malt liquor some of the others and like Zima yeah, Zima, you know, <laughs> God rest them. <him. laughs> yeah. It, it came back about six months ago. Uh, and then it disappeared about two. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, <laughs> God rest him. <laughs> but you know, you, you have, you know, big, bad Colt 45 walking in like John Wayne into a saloon just levels the playing field and just across the screen it's drink the best or get put down with the rest cult 45 malt liquor (laughs) nice you know um
1: i would i would go with a more human edge and um yeah you know you're you're embracing the um the ammunition reference i would get a big nra spokesman to be the uh, the the campaign guy and the only person I can think of that comes to mind other than Charlton Heston but he's you know passed away is uh, Tom Selleck and uh, maybe maybe have him in a similar role where he's uh he's maybe in a a western shootout. Nice. But instead of shooting pistols they're like cracking open cans of beer and, and slamming them. Yeah, you know, if they were to do it soon enough they could do uh Eastwood. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's he pushing now? Ninety-two, and he doesn't plan on stopping. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. So, well, any any final thoughts on the um, the Colt forty-five and its, no, its I mean, ad campaign? It's,
2: no, it, it was a good. Obviously, it was a good ad campaign. They Dosaki's recycled it to the most interesting man in the world. I mean, you can run the Dosaki's commercials with the waiting man commercials and they're almost shot for shot uh remakes
1: That's that's true yeah um yeah because the, the most interesting man alive it's definitely had a lot of flashback sequences that were very tumultuous and and chaotic showing him all the crazy stuff that he did and that's definitely what they were going for in the original ad campaign for cult 45 so yeah you definitely got something there with uh with it being much like the Dos Equis commercials, and you know, it's it's again, it, it goes to the premise that there's no new ideas out there; it's just recycling over oh, and over yeah. again, and which is the whole premise of this podcast is just you know, how much can we recycle stuff from the '60s and bring back that some of that original nostalgia without it getting burnt out, <laughs> right? But all right, so that was. Um, a re- quick review of uh, Colt 45. So we're going to move from um, a more adult beverage to something more kid-friendly, something more uh, to, to, to take us back to our original um, fun stuff, being a kid and eating breakfast every morning. And uh, when we come back
2: after this short promo break, we're going to talk about Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. Hey you, listener, do you like the scary, the terrifying, and the macabre? Then boy, do I have a podcast for you. Head on over to Moose's Marvelous Woodburnings on Facebook on the 25th of every month, starting in October, for new episodes of Moose's Monster Mash, a podcast about horror where myself and one of my friends sit down each month and discuss different horror movies. That's Moose's Monster Mash, and it's only available at Moose's Marvelous Woodburnings on Facebook.com.
3: Hey, where'd you come from? What?
0: Oh, dirty dish rag! I thought that just Matt was here. Where's your dad?
3: Uh, right behind you.
0: Hey, Jerry, what brings you here? Sorry, didn't mean to pop in on you. Was chasing down some trolls. What are you guys doing? Did I interrupt your podcast?
3: Nope, we're just reading comic books.
0: That's right, we're
1: researching for our next
0: episode. Cool. What you reading? Romeo and Julietto? The Great Dome Keeper. Home and Peace?
3: Never heard of those. We've been reading Dogman comics by Dave Pilkey.
0: Well, that sounds interesting. Where can I hear about that?
3: Why on our podcast, Comics with My Kids are part of the Comics Corner Box.
0: Yes,
1: you can find the show on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and CastBox. We are a
0: part of the Electronic Media Collective, and you can find the show at our new website, thecomicscornerbox.blogspot.com. The Comics Corner Box. What is that?
3: I don't let Dad fool you. He's just combining comic review blog posts with our podcast posts. Yep,
1: but you can still subscribe to the show with the RSS feed. It didn't change.
0: Okay, well, I think I'll uh, let all my magical friends know. I'm off to go fight some Jabberwockies.
3: Dad, is he going after chickens again?
1: No, Logan, I think he knows now that they aren't Jabberwockies. He may be a little misdirected, but he's a good gnome.
0: So you like comics and you want to share them with your kids? Check out Comics with My Kids podcast for suggestions on kids-friendly comics at the Electronic Media Collective and the Comic Corner Box. Hey, everybody.
2: Hey, I bet you're busy, so I'm going to make this quick. My name is Jesse. I'm an elementary art teacher, so usually what that means is that I push my classroom from room to room on an art cart. So yeah, I'm literally turning cartwheels. I'm also a martial arts instructor, so I'm also doing cartwheels in the dojo. I'm a Comic-Con vendor, a husband, a pet owner, an illustrator, a college night class instructor, a brother, a puppet enthusiast, an uncle, a YouTuber, I guess, uh, a son, and a podcaster, just to name a few. For me, the wheels are always turning. And in a world where more and more is being asked of us, it's enough to make your head spin. If you've felt overwhelmed and lost, well, so have I. And I don't claim to know the answers, but I'm happy to look things up. So join me at cartwheelspodcast.com for the latest episodes of the Turning Cartwheels Podcast. I'd really appreciate it.
1: And we're back. How are those promos? Everybody like those? Awesome. Those were amazing. (laughs) All right. Gotta pay the bills, right? Exactly. All right. So, next up is, as I said, Kellogg's Pop Tarts. Four, three, two, one. Pop Tarts. You from
2: Kellogg's. You can eat them on the run. Eat them just for fun. Eat them when you
0: have a party. Yeah. When, you when you want a snack, snack, you can eat them from the back. back. Or warm and tasty. Good and hearty. Strawberry. Blueberry. Brown
1: sugar, cinnamon, appleberry, and brand new Concord grape and raspberry apple. New from
3: Kellogg's
1: pop Now, Pop-Tarts is a brand of toaster pastries that the Kellogg Company introduced in 1964. Pop-Tarts has a sugary filling sealed inside two layers of thin rectangular pastry crust. Most varieties are frosted, although sold pre-cooked, they are designed to be warmed inside the toaster or microwave oven. You know, I've never actually microwaved a Pop-Tart. No. They are usually sold in pairs. They go in a toaster. Exactly. They're toaster pastries. They are sold in Ah. pairs inside Mylar, previously foil packages, and do not require refrigeration. In the 1960s, Post adapted a process of enclosing food in foil to keep it fresh without spoiling. First used for dog food, yum, to this new (laughs) toaster-prepared breakfast food. Intended to complement its cold cereals. Now, honestly, they always advertise it as part of a complete breakfast, but I've never actually ate cereal with something else as part of my complete breakfast. It's always been a bowl of cereal or a thing
2: of Pop-Tarts. Yeah, I can't imagine sitting down. as like, all right, I'm sitting at the breakfast table. I got my cereal. I got my fruit. I got my Pop-Tart. I got my orange juice or apple juice. I mean, that's that's excessive, even for breakfast. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like they really should just, sit,
1: you know, <clears throat> grab this stuff, put it in Toaster Pastry and just run to work. Right. So Post announced its new product to press in 1963 before they went to market. Post called them Country Squares. Because Post had revealed Country Squares before they were ready to put it in the marketplace, Post's biggest competitor, Kellogg, was able to develop its own version in six months the product advertised by an animated anthropomorphic toaster named Milton, became so popular that Kellogg's could not keep up with the demand. Originally not frosted, when first introduced in 1964, it was later determined that frosting could withstand the toaster, and the first Frosted Pop-Tarts were officially released in 1967. The first Pop-Tarts came out in four different flavors, strawberry, blueberry, brown cinnamon sugar, and, according to the commercial, appleberry. No, I didn't know that apples were berries. As of 2016, there is a wide variety of Pop-Tart flavors, including hot fudge sundae, s'mores, raspberry, and peanut butter. Pop-Tarts are Kellogg's most popular brand to date in the United States, and more than 2 billion Pop-Tarts sold each year. They are distributed mainly in the United States, but also in Canada. They can also be found in the United Kingdom and Ireland. Pop-Tarts were discontinued in Australia in 2005. Now, what did Australia find against Pop Tarts? I'm not sure. Maybe it was a whole um, health thing because they are a little unusual down there. I mean, I don't want to scare away any Australian uh, listeners, although I'm pretty sure i don't have any. Um, <laughs> like you know, no Pop Tarts in the Outback. <laughs> if, if 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 any place would would sur- have them survive, it would be the Outback. I mean, it's hot enough. You don't even need a toaster. Just throw in them on the, the a hood rock. of your exactly. <laughs> All right, so the first commercial, which aired in 1964, focused on the versatility of the Pop-Tart. You can eat them in the dark. You can eat them in the light. On a roller coaster, you can eat them cold or toasted warm. The ad centered around a family of four enjoying their toasted Pop-Tarts as the announcer described the flavors of the product. You know, it was interesting watching that first commercial. It was very much like um, green eggs and ham. I do not want green eggs and ham, Sam. I am. I do not want them with a box. I do not want them with a box. You know, listening over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. Now, in later years, the frosting was added and a new market campaign came out featuring a miniature man pedaling a bicycle attached to a toaster in front of a young boy <laughs> that would eat the Pop-Tart. The ad campaign was so popular that the Pop-Tarts were hopping off the shelves. Popping off the shelves. So,
2: thoughts on the products, uh, there, Moose. Do you, do you eat Pop-Tarts? I do. My kids do, and my dogs do. Because my kids won't finish them. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, um, how young are your children? Uh, Twelve, nine, and seven.
1: Ah, uh, I got a, I got a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. And uh, there's a, there's a joke around our house called, um, "Hey, uh, if uh, you're not going to finish that, the goat will finish it." and the goat is of course me
2: uh, <laughs> because I'm the greatest of all time dad <laughs> uh, hey there's an interesting show Moose and the Goat there you go
1: just as long as you don't try pulling a rabbit out of my hat so since you eat Pop-Tarts what, what, what is your favorite flavor? I'm boring, I like the brown sugar cinnamon
2: uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the blueberry Pop-Tarts myself I say my kids you, like the uh, hot fudge. Well, two of the three like the hot fudge. My son really likes the uh, strawberry. Nice. Of course, the kids go for the sugary, sugary stuff.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, in sixty-seven, they introduced
1: the frosting, and um, you know it sold like hotcakes. Which is funny because you know where's where the term "sell like hotcakes" come from? But I don't want to go hotcakes. Hot exactly our hot toaster pastries but uh they still kept the the unfrosted ones around and honestly i can i mean the unfrosted ones were the start of it all so it was like um everyone went out and bought those but you know i don't think i've ever really ate the unfrosted ones because they didn't taste all that great because i remember like you know when i would have when I would find Pop-Tarts in the uh, in the pantry at my grandmother's house, there was always the unfrosted ones. And I'm like, really? I don't want these.
2: <sighs> See, and uh, all I can picture is a stale version of the, like, fruit and chocolate pies. You know, they're, like, an enclosed crust. You get it for, like, 89 cents, usually. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about. Yeah, the, the, the cherry pies and the... And the yeah. And the, yeah, yeah. So like an unfrosted pop tart I, I could i think like a stale version of that and that yeah. doesn't sound appealing at all
1: and you know that now i don't know if you had them in your neck of the woods but we had two companies that would make them and of course one of them was hostess and that was the, like the best ones and then they're like this the off name brand that you would find it on the shelves of um, dollar store or your second hand shops and i, I think they're like freshies or something like that and they tasted stale. I mean, you would bite into them and they would just like disintegrate in your hands. Next thing you know, you're holding a blueberry filling in your hand. Going, what? Why
2: did I buy this? We'll see. Down here, we had uh, three versions. We had the Hostess ones, the store brand ones, and the South of the Border ones. Okay, I'm kind of curious. What are the South of the Border ones? Ones imported from Mexico. <laughs> Quality wise, they're right in between hostess and store brand as okay. far as sturdiness goes. Flavor, store brand has them beat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this tastes like cardboard. <laughs> but it, it it stays together like cardboard too though, so <laughs> <laughs> the filling stayed inside. <laughs> All right. Well,
1: so the classic '60s commercial for Pop-Tarts had um, had a family of four to, and doing all kinds of stuff to eat the Pop-Tarts. Do you think that a commercial similar to that would be um, available to sell the product? I know that right now there's plenty of Pop-Tart commercials out there that are animated and cannibalistic. Um, <laughs> exactly, cannibalistic. You know, they had they have um a cartoon uh, woman who has two pop tarts that are anthropomorphic and driving in a car and you know she takes over their gps and basically has them drive to her picnic table where she winds up eating them Um, yeah it's definitely an interesting way of promoting how to eat anthropomorphic things
2: so the pop tart commercials nowadays are just kind of creepy yes yeah they are um no, the original commercial wouldn't work for Pop-Tarts, because much like Colt 45, it's been recycled for another company.
1: Ooh, and what company would that be? Uh,
2: Pizza Bagel Bites. Hmm. You know, yeah, because when pizza's on can, a bagel, you can have you pizza can eat. at any time. Yep. So, uh, yeah. you know, Pop-Tarts kind of missed the boat on recycling their own commercial. yeah it like again it's
1: it's like uh definitely the um there's no original ideas out there everyone's everyone's taking something else you know with with that thought in mind um i think i would i would probably try to go back to a 1960s but i'd go back to the one with the uh the little miniature guy riding on a on a uh, bicycle pulling a toaster and um Mm -hmm. Just kind of go really weird with it. Maybe, maybe instead of it being a little man on the toaster, but like a, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna embrace the cannibalistic part of, of the commercials now, and have it as a uh, CGI Pop Tart pedaling the bicycle, and then he basically jumps into the toaster, toasts himself, pops up, and the kid eats him. Whoa! I thought I <laughs> was messed
2: up. <laughs> <laughs> See, I went a completely different route. I went, all right, th- you know, this is a product geared for kids. Actually, there's two ways you could go for commercials. I-, I chose to go the kid route. You know, it's geared towards kids. Go back to using the kid flavor of the week. You know, grab whatever kid is popular at the time. Put them as your spokesperson. The kids are going to climb onto it. You know, they'll beat us down as parents. We'll cave. We'll buy it. It'll work. I have no idea what you're talking about. What do you mean,
1: caving? <laughs> what the do you parents mean? Parents don't cave? No. <laughs> no, no. No, you cannot have that. No, you cannot have that. It, it, just stop. No, that's
2: not, that's not. No, no. You cannot. <sighs> now, that said, Fine. they can, in... Certain states where things are legal, um, release a you know you know restricted uh, commercial and gear towards that audience because this is a pretty good stoner snack too. <laughs> I go mean, for this, this is like for a it. Scooby snack. Go for
1: the munchy demographic.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, so i mean there's a couple ways you could go with an updated commercial and there's yeah. enough states now that have recreational legalized market it make some there money. you go market it, and then text tax the heck out of it yeah. um
1: with that said my other idea for the commercial would be to embrace the um or to totally change the, the, the marketing campaign instead of marketing towards kids market towards parent, uh, parents and adults and like change the flavors to stuff that, that, um, they would like, um, you know, like, uh, now new breakfast burrito pop tarts. So now you can, you can just pop them in the toast oven and then you can smell maple brown sugar and bacon cooking. So you like a bacon pop tart? And then I'm kind of surprised
2: that one doesn't exist yet. (laughs) Exactly. uh bacon craze that we went through over the last decade um, i'm
1: a big fan of bacon so i'm 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 not throwing stones um, oh no i love bacon too
2: but i draw <laughs> the line of bacon soap yeah who's eating soap made out of bacon i don't think it was for eating but i refuse to walk <laughs> around smelling <laughs> like bacon
1: well you know if you know if if my mom would wash my mouth out with, with bacon soap, I'm pretty sure I would I
2: would keep swearing. <sighs> I'd be a lot more foul mouthed than I am now. <laughs> so let's see here. Where was I? We um, were on bacon.
1: Bacon, yes. Bacon flavored Pop Tarts. So yes, I would uh I would I would go for like a, a more uh more adult ad campaign, you know. Maybe take like uh what Folgers did with the uh couple. And centered around pop tarts that appeal to adults, like coffee-flavored pop tarts,
2: bacon-flavored pop tarts, beer-flavored pop tarts. Like I could go for an Oktoberfest-flavored pop tart. Now you would get me with uh, biscuits and gravy-flavored pop tarts. Ooh, yeah. Would you make the frosting out of out of the uh, the gravy then, or would you put the gravy on the inside? Put it on the inside so it warms up. It you know just kind of drips into your mouth.
1: Ooh, nice! And then, like the, uh, the toaster pastry, would actually be a little more, uh, more uh, biscuity. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, um, that's all I really have for Pop Tarts. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on Pop Tarts, and uh, uh, what you would like to see
2: in I a reboot? I think I want to go eat a Pop Tart. <laughs> cool. Well, this
1: has been. Um, two uh two products that uh are a part of this commercial break and so i want to thank you um moose for coming on and reviewing it with me and uh for all those listeners out there where can
2: they hear your um uh podcast and where can they find you well according to the poll i have up on my facebook page right now everything will be available on my facebook page um at uh, moose's marvelous wood burnings on facebook it'll be the new home of my podcast and my art so if you're looking for art that's interesting new and different check out moose's marvelous wood burnings we have wood for you
1: nice um all right, well, um, you can find more of this show, the 60s Reboot Podcast, at the emcpod.net slash 60s as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and CastBox, and follow on Twitter at 60s Reboot. If you have a suggestion or input for the for show, you can leave a message at 60sReboot at gmail.com. And please, email the show. Give me some of your ideas of a classic 60s TV show that you'd like to reboot. Um, maybe, perhaps, I'll, ha- I'll cover it soon. So, But, yeah, that, is, uh, that has been this commercial break. And now, back to your regular scheduled program.